You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions for Tuesday, October 6, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, contributor to AthlonSports.com. Happy to be with you here, as always. And today is especially fun because it is Twitter Tuesday. That's right. It's the day when you send us your questions on Twitter, and we're going to answer them throughout the course of today's episode. We also have a couple of quick news and notes to hit on in the first segment, and I also want to thank you guys so much. I'll explain why in our opening segment, but we have lots of questions to dig into in today's episode regarding Penn State, the Big Ten, and college football in general. It's going to be a fun episode. And we're going to do this every Tuesday, so make sure you send in your questions every Monday so that they can be included in the Tuesday episodes moving forward. And make sure you never miss a single episode of the podcast by hitting that subscribe button in whatever podcasting app you may be using to listen to us right now. We are available on every major podcasting platform out there right now, including Amazon Music. We just got added to that recently. That's pretty cool. And of course, you can stay connected with us on all the social media platforms by using the username Locked on Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. So like I said, we have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. I don't want to hold you back anymore. Let's go ahead and get started. I figured I should start today's episode by just touching on a couple quick news and notes that I have jotted down here off to the side, just to make sure I address them moving forward. I want to start real quick with the breaking news that I saw coming home from work with uh, regards to a couple of positive tests for COVID-19, not within the Penn State family, but certainly names you would be familiar with. The first was Arizona head coach Kevin Sumlin, who reportedly tested positive, has been going through the protocols and the guidelines, making sure he's uh, isolated, quarantined, all that process that you have to go through when you test positive. Obviously, uh, the Pac-12 is not going to be starting football until the week after the Big Ten gets started. Actually, it might be two weeks, actually, now that I think about it. So there's obviously time for Arizona and their head coach and Kevin Sumlin to make sure that he gets taken care of, make sure everybody else within that program is taken care of as best as possible as well. So we'll obviously wish the best of luck to Kevin Sumlin as he continues to go through that process. And hopefully nothing else comes up within that Arizona program and really any other program. But of course, the other positive test that was generating headlines was that of former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden. Obviously, given his age at 90 years old, he would classify as a high risk individual for COVID-19. And of course, you know, this has been something that's been ongoing for a long time now. Uh, even the president of the United States was hospitalized over the weekend, more so reportedly for just to be sure they're covering all the bases, making sure he's taken care of. But um, this is a serious thing. And it's not going away. It hasn't gone away. And it doesn't look like it's going to be going away anytime too soon. So I cannot advise you guys enough. Just to wear a mask, take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your your coworkers. Make sure everybody is doing everything they need to do right now, so that we can make sure that we're going to be able to get past this. Now, again, uh, I'm not going to make this a political issue whatsoever. I'm just saying let's do what we have to do. Let's get to back to some normalcy at some point in time. Uh, the sooner the better. But we can only do that if we're all working together. I think and all on the same page. So hopefully these are reminders that uh, this is a serious issue that continues to linger. And it's still impacting the college football schedule. I've just saw uh, another couple games are probably being postponed for this uh, upcoming weekend. Obviously, we're going through now this issue in the NFL 
where the NFL has to uh, readjust their schedule a little bit. So uh, again, we're going to see this continuing in college football, and it's going to be very interesting to see when the Big Ten does get back on the field uh, around the weekend of October 24th, whether or not this is going to be an issue for the Big Ten. Now, again, the hope is that uh, that f- delayed start to the season is going to allow Big Ten schools to be able to go through an eight-game schedule without an interruption, making sure that everybody is uh, clean of this virus and uh, avoiding any distractions or issues that this pandemic has been causing in other areas of the college football world. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen, uh, but I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Updated college football playoff odds are out from Bet Online, and they typically will adjust these and update these every week based on uh, the latest results that we've seen in the college football schedule. Obviously, with Auburn losing on the road against Georgia this past weekend, Oklahoma taking a second loss, Texas taking a loss. Obviously, there are going to be some changes there. But I want to let you guys know that Penn State is still in a pretty decent spot. They're at 28 to 1 odds, according to Bet Online, to win the college football playoff. Uh, they are sixth on the board as of right now, and that's a not a bad spot to be in. The favorite is still Clemson at two to one, followed by Ohio State eleven to four. Uh, Alabama's got thirteen to four odds, and Georgia is at twelve to one, followed by Florida at fourteen to one. So obviously, you see a couple of SEC schools ranked ahead of Penn State on the board, according to Bet Online. And I will note that these are not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. This is just passed along for informational purposes, and I like to share them. Anytime I get some updated odds from whatever sportsbook wants to send me something, I will relay those odds for you because I think it's fun to talk about. Now, like I said, Penn State has got the six best odds on the board, according to Bet Online right now. Ohio State is clearly the, the best team in position to win the national championship, according to the odds uh, within the Big Ten. Other Big Ten teams that are on the board, uh, Michigan's at 40 to 1, only a couple spots behind. Penn State and Wisconsin is also at 40 to 1 along with Notre Dame at 40 to 1 obviously not a Big Ten school but uh, you know those three schools all have the same odds according to this book Miami is a pretty interesting team they're on the rise they're at 66 to 1 they have the same odds right now as Oklahoma uh, and, and Texas and I think that's worth considering because you know obviously Miami's playing in the ACC and Clemson is the clear favorite here at two to one so it's going to be very difficult for Miami to win the college football playoff because they'll probably have to beat Clemson I think twice because they were going to play in the regular season and then they're going to play in the ACC championship. Potentially. Uh, I don't know if Miami's going to be able to score one win against Clemson, let alone two, but obviously we'll take a look at those odds as they continue to be uh, updated on a weekly basis. Um, you know, they usually will send them to me every Sunday, maybe even every Monday and pretty exactly when the schedule is, but we'll be sure to touch base on them early in the week just to kind of give you an updated look. Now, obviously, uh, as far as Penn State is concerned, a whole lot is probably not going to change too much until the games actually started at the end of October. And uh, assuming that Penn State takes care of business on the road against Indiana, uh, we're not going to see any real significant change, I think, until after that Ohio State game one way or the other. Real quick, I do want to thank you guys so much for all the support you've been giving the podcast lately during a very unique off season. You know, we've had to adjust the schedule a little bit, but the numbers were in reported to us uh, uh, on Sunday night. And we actually had the best week we've ever had on this podcast last week, which I think is phenomenal because Pensy is not playing football yet. We're still kind of going through some preseason mode. Um, we haven't necessarily touched on some of the preview coverage, but I, I am flattered that we had as good of a week last week as we did. And I think we're only going to be continuing to improve. But I could not thank you guys so much for this because 
you know, obviously doing this podcast has been a lot of fun for me. It's a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but I enjoy it. And the it's most flattering to me to know that people are tuning in, people are appreciating it and checking it out and maybe even sharing it with their friends and family and the fellow Penn State fans. I, I could not thank you guys enough for that. So when I saw that we had our biggest week ever on the podcast last week, it just got me amped and ready to go because now we're, of course, we are back to five days a week. The Penn State football season is going to be starting in just a matter of weeks. So I do anticipate that this is a great time to be a part of this podcast and hopefully you guys feel like you're a part of that and I encourage you to do that by sending in your questions and providing your feedback and interacting with us in whatever way you want to on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram but of course uh, the best way to really help us out is to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your your friends your fellow fans and of course leave a rating and review I say it all the time but it really does help and I think the numbers are showing that and you guys are appreciating it you guys are enjoying it that's what I want I want this to be something that you guys enjoy something that you guys want to come back to keep coming back to listen to us on a regular basis even if you don't listen to us every day uh, maybe you catch up on a couple episodes at a time again we try to put these in 30 minute episodes so you can kind of binge them if you have to but I do I'm really uh, flattered by all the results that we've been seeing and hopefully that's only going to continue now, I don't know about you guys, but I am certainly not a car genius by any stretch of the imagination. Anytime I had to buy something for my car, I get a little bit nervous, I get a little bit overwhelmed, but you know what? I don't have to feel that way anymore, and neither do you. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com because this is a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They've learned a thing or two about making the experience of shopping online for anything you need for your car or truck as painless as possible. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, enter the make and model of your car or truck, and it's going to bring you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for your vehicle. And the best of yet, they're going to give you the best prices they can possibly imagine as well. It doesn't matter if you're a novice that knows nothing about cars or if you do this all the time and it's considered a hobby or maybe even a professional, they are going to treat you the same no matter what. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you from Locked On Nittany Lions. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com As we're getting back into the swing of things of doing a daily podcast Monday through Friday, we're going to have some days that have specific themes and plans for the content. And of course, today being Tuesday, we're going to make this our Twitter Tuesday or hashtag Twitter Tuesday if you prefer. Now, the way this works is, first of all, you're going to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And then at any time, especially on Mondays, preferably Monday morning, Monday afternoon if you can, you're going to send in whatever questions you have. They can be questions about Penn State. They can be questions about the Big Ten, any question about college football in general, or if you've got something else in mind, maybe you want to go off topic a little bit, that's always encouraged as well. And have some fun with it too. You can send us some fun questions. It doesn't matter. Nothing is off the table here on Twitter Tuesday. So again, the way that works is you send us your questions. And as long as they are in by the time I record the episode for Tuesday, typically I do these mid-Monday afternoons. I'm going to try and answer as many questions as I possibly can. Hopefully I'll be able to answer them all. 
And any questions that I do not get a chance to answer, or if any questions come in after I've already recorded, I'm going to find another way to address those questions as well. And maybe we'll just answer them on Twitter. Maybe we'll do some live videos on Instagram. I don't know exactly what we'll do. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But the bottom line is, if you get your questions in by mid-Monday afternoon, maybe 3 p.m.-ish, I think that would be a good time. I can guarantee that they are going to be included in the next podcast for Tuesday. So we'll do this every Tuesday. So get in your questions every Monday. And I'll put out some reminders as well and requests for your questions. So make sure you get in your questions in time so I can answer them for you guys on our Twitter Tuesday. Now, I had two people submit questions and fortunately, uh, one person who has asked questions to this podcast before uh, sent in a bunch of questions. So we're good for today uh, for the rest of today's podcast. But I do encourage you guys to never feel uh, shy about sending in whatever questions you have. Again, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. Send in your questions. Now, our first question of the day is a pretty interesting one because it's something I've been kind of talking about recently on the podcast and in writing on Nittany Lions Den. And I, I think it's a very good question leading up to the start of the season. And this question comes from our friend of the pod, as they say, Brandon Cavanaugh. You can follow him on Twitter at Eight Laces. Great resource for Nebraska uh, commentary. Uh, I've been podcasting with him for a long time, and he's been on this podcast before. He's probably going to be on it again soon. I'm just throwing that out there. But Brandon asks, who should be wearing number zero for Penn State and why? Now, quick recap. Penn State is introducing a new uniform tradition with the number zero. Uh, the number zero is now an eligible uniform number to be worn by the new NCAA rules this season. We've already seen a number of players throughout the country wearing that number zero. Every school is approaching that number a little bit differently. The way that Penn State is going to be doing it is they are going to designate the, the uniform number zero to recognize a leader on special teams. We don't know what that is going to be just yet or who that's going to be just yet, but it is a popular question now that we know that that tradition is out there. Uh, of course, leading up to the start of the season, who's going to be wearing that uniform number zero? Now, of course, it's going to be based on leadership, a bunch of different qualities within the program, and you know, recognize somebody who Penn State recognizes as a true leader in so many different ways. Uh, you know, there's a number of ways to quantify who's going to be worthy of wearing this uniform number. For me, it's a simple answer. I think Jonathan Sutherland has to be the guy that's going to wear that number zero. Uh, a number of reasons. First of all, I think it should go to an upperclassman who has gone through some ups and downs uh, during his time at Penn State, prevailed past the, the obstacles. And I think you can say that Jonathan Sutherland has certainly gone through some issues at Penn State. And this is not a personal thing at all. This is the fact that he is the player who received that letter from that stupid racist Penn State fan who was criticizing him for his dreadlocks uh, last fall. You remember that story? I know we talked about it a bunch on this podcast, but that was a pretty big moment, I think, for Penn State, and especially given the climate where we are pol uh, politically and as far as racial tensions are concerned. I think it would be a fantastic way to recognize Jonathan Sutherland for overcoming that little episode that we saw and handling it the way that he did. I thought it was handled very well, not just by him, but the entire Penn State program in reacting to just how dumb that fan was and how ridiculous that letter was. I'm still mad about that today. Uh, but I think that uh, awarding Jonathan Sutherland, the senior who's had been a key player on special teams. Remember, he blocked a few punts last year. Uh, despite uh, all that little nonsense off the field with that stupid letter. 
I think he would be a great candidate to be awarded that uniform number. I know uh, it's not a unique answer. I know that that has been a pretty popular idea or you know considered a trendy candidate to wear the uniform number zero when it is officially awarded. Uh, but that's who I would go with. And I think that he would perfectly exemplify all the traits that you're looking for uh, on special teams. Hardworking, uh, certainly a leader, could very well be a team captain this upcoming season. And you can understand why. Uh, he has been a good, solid representative of Penn State since he has arrived here. And the fact that he had to go through that little episode, I think, adds to his story a little bit. And I, I try to say adds to that story in a positive way. Because I do think that he has become a player that people look forward to uh, as far as those leadership qualities are concerned. Uh, and I think overcoming that little bizarreness off the field uh, is a big reason why. So I do think that he is a worthy candidate to wear that uniform number zero. I don't know which way James Franklin and the staff are going to go with it in the end. But I would not be surprised if it's going to be the Jonathan Sutherland when all is said and done. And again, I don't know when we're going to find that out. I would imagine that's something that's uh, announced maybe the week leading up to the first game of the season. Uh, I don't know if that'll be announced uh, the week prior, but uh, that's going to be pretty interesting to see, especially once the, the depth chart comes out. I guess that would probably come out on Sunday or Monday leading up to that first game of the season against Indiana on October 24th. So that'll be something that I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to uh, to see who's got that number zero on the depth chart or if Penn State maybe announces that a little bit closer after the depth chart has been announced. But uh, we'll be keeping close tabs on that moving forward. It's a great question, Brandon. Uh, it's a question that I've been asking as well. And I'm sure a lot of people are asking that question uh, out there. And we're going to continue answering that question until we have an answer. So thank you for that question, Brandon. We have a bunch of other questions still to get to from Joe Broback, who is uh, becoming a friend of the podcast, I would say. Uh, definitely recommend you give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Joe Broback. Uh, you can check out his college football coverage on sixyearsports.com. He's also a contributor to uh, Underdog Dynasty, uh, a great website on the SB Nation network that covers all the Group of Five stuff. And I'm particularly a fan of the Group of Five conversation, and that's why I, I really like what Underdog Dynasty does. So uh, I've got a bunch of questions from Joe coming up in our next segment as we round out our first official Twitter Tuesday now that we are back to five days a week for the 2020 season. Twitter Tuesday continues on this edition of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We have a bunch of questions to round out this edition of Twitter Tuesday from our pal Joe Broback. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Broback and check out his college football coverage on sixyearsports.com and Underdog Dynasty. Now, the first two questions that Joe has submitted to us this week are pretty similar. So if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of touch on them at the same time. The first question is, who's Ohio State's biggest threat in the Big Ten? The second question is, who's Penn State's toughest matchup on the new schedule? The easy answer here is Penn State and Ohio State are each other's biggest threat or toughest matchup on whatever schedule you want to throw out there. Uh, if you look at all the odds and you look at all the preseason rankings, Ohio State is clearly the team to beat in the Big Ten. Penn State is clearly the best team that is ready to give them a challenge, especially since they're going to get Ohio State at home. And of course, the opposite is true here. If you look at Penn State's schedule, no matter if it's the original schedule, the revised schedule, and now the third version of the schedule with just eight Big Ten conference-only games, Penn State's biggest challenge and toughest matchup will be Ohio State. So 
because that is such an easy answer and it's been talked to death, I think, on this podcast and the Locked On Big Ten podcast and maybe even the Locked On College Football podcast at this time, anywhere you're hearing to talk about the Big Ten, we're going to throw Ohio State and Penn State out of the conversation here for these two questions. And I think the answer still resides in the Big Ten East, and I think it's a pretty familiar name. I think it's Michigan. I think the Michigan Wolverines are probably still the team that is going to be the toughest obstacle for both Penn State and Ohio State. Now, they're probably a tougher obstacle for Penn State, if we're being completely honest. And I've said before, I don't like the fact that Penn State's going to have to go to Michigan. I think that's a tough spot for Penn State to go to. And I think that that is a game that they could very well lose. In fact, if you listen to the Locked On Big Ten podcast last week, I'm on record saying that Penn State loses that game to Michigan. I just feel like... I, I don't know if Michigan has all the players that they want to have to ideally run their style of offense. But now with Josh Gaddis uh, in his second year as offensive coordinator there, I still think Michigan's a little bit behind the curve of where they ideally want to be. But I feel like physically they match up pretty well at Penn State. They can slow them down enough uh, with their defense. I, I feel like Michigan is going to be a tough matchup for Penn State, especially on the road. And, you know, obviously the home field advantage has been pretty key in this series the last few years. But we saw last year, Michigan may get down early, but they are going to battle back. And I feel like that's going to carry over a little bit into this season. So I'm on record saying that that Michigan game is still a game you cannot at all take for granted, I think, if you're Penn State. So that would probably be my answer as far as this season is concerned outside of Ohio State. I think Michigan is going to be the toughest matchup on the new schedule. Now, as for Ohio State, I I do think that Michigan could potentially be the biggest threat because if you look at Ohio State's schedule outside of Penn State, there are not a whole lot of major obstacles, I think, that are going to be standing in Ohio State's way. They draw Nebraska in their season opener at home. Uh, I don't know if Nebraska is going to be ready for that game at all. I think Nebraska could be a a dangerous team later on in the season, but I don't see them matching up very well with Ohio State. Obviously, you get Rutgers and Maryland in the weeks after you play Penn State, so regardless of what happens against the Nittany Lions, Ohio State's going to be looking at two big blowout wins uh, to go uh, the month of November started. Then they're going to get Indiana at home. We know that Indiana can be pesky, but I don't see them really challenging Ohio State in Ohio Stadium. The road game at Illinois could be one of those stupid losses that kind of gets thrown into Ohio State's schedule as it goes along, but there's no way I would pick Illinois to win that game. Uh, Michigan State, they're not going to be a big challenge. So I really do think it comes back to Michigan, unless you want to get into the idea of the Big Ten Championship game. So if Ohio State's in the Big Ten Championship game, Wisconsin is probably your strongest opponent that would come out of that Big Ten West. Maybe Minnesota, if they've got some playmakers that are making some plays uh, against elite defenses like Ohio State's going to have. Uh, Minnesota could be dangerous, by the way. Uh, We're going to get to that in just a second. But I still feel like Wisconsin's probably best suited to slow down Ohio State just enough to keep it competitive. We sort of saw that last year in the Big Ten Championship game before Ohio State really just kind of flexing some muscle and was able to pull away there. So I I think Michigan is probably hopefully going to close the gap a little bit with Ohio State, although we'll have to wait to see that. But that's why I think Wisconsin coming out of the Big Ten West might be the biggest threat to Ohio State aside from Penn State, of course. Speaking of Minnesota, that kind of relates to Joe's next question. He wants to know, start, sit, or cut? 
Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, and Chris Olave. Now, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these three players, but if I have to go through this uh, situation, I think Rashad Bateman's the guy you want to start. I think he's going to be the guy that's most reliable on a consistent basis to put up some big numbers as far as receiving is concerned. Uh, I would certainly consider sitting Rondell Moore just because... I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Obviously, last year, the season got thrown in for a wrench right off the bat. Uh, but I still think he's dangerous. I just think maybe he's going to be a little streaky, depending on who they're playing. So I would probably consider sitting him as much as I love Rondale Moore. Uh, I think Rashad Bateman's probably the guy I would start over him if I need some consistent production and maybe more so my belief that Minnesota's got a better quarterback situation than Purdue will have this year. That's why I would go for Rashad Bateman. Now, Chris Olave, I mean, it's hard for me to say that he should be cut from any of these rosters, but if I have to go with the top three here, I'm probably going Chris Olave third. And I hate to do so because he makes some big catches for Ohio State. And I think the fact that he's got Justin Fields at the quarterback, uh, obviously one of the best white or best quarterbacks in the country, he should be a big contributor to what Ohio State's going to do offensively in that passing game. So I, that's a tough one. <laughs> that really is a tough one. I would go with Rashad Bateman first as a, my starter. Uh, I would probably consider... And you know what? I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my mind. I'm still going to go for Rashad Bateman as my starting. I'm going to sit Chris Olave, and I'm going to cut Rondell Moore. That seems awfully tough for me because... I like all three of those guys, to be honest with you. Uh, it'll be a real shame to see Rondell Moore get cut in this situation. But again, the quarterback situation, I like a lot more at Minnesota, and I love it a lot more at Ohio State than I do at Purdue. Uh, Rondell Moore's going to be dangerous, though. Don't get me wrong. And the last question from Joe today is, he wants to know my biggest surprise and disappointment in college football so far. Now, if this question were asked to me last week, I would have said my biggest surprise would have to be Mike Leach in Mississippi State. But after their big win at LSU, this past weekend, they laid an egg against Arkansas of all teams. So I don't know if I'm going to say that they're my biggest disappointment. I still think that they're going to be among the biggest surprises. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss might be my biggest surprise so far in a positive way. I think Ole Miss has been a really fun team uh, in the early goings of SEC play now that we've got a couple weeks there. We'll see if that continues. Um, I think my biggest surprise might be Coastal Carolina. You know, take a look at that group of five conversation. Coastal Carolina has uh, certainly beat up on Kansas. They've certainly beat up on the, the other competition they've been playing. The Coastal Carolina looks like a pretty good team in that Sunbelt Conference. And, you know, the Sunbelt as a whole has been off to a really solid start this year. So I don't know if I would classify the, the Sunbelt being a significant surprise, although it's hard for me to argue against it. If you want to go with the entire Sunbelt Conference, I do think that uh, it's going to be uh, pretty tough for me to beat Coastal Carolina as my surprise team this year. I'm not saying that I'm throwing them in the uh, New Year's Six conversation just yet, but uh, hey, maybe they're going to be a Sunbelt contender after all. I, I hope that that continues because Coastal Carolina, I love that teal field. I want to see more of it. <laughs> I want to make sure that I have to adjust my retinas at any time that I see them on the TV. Uh, so I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. And my biggest disappointment Probably Oklahoma. It's really easy for me to say that after back-to-back -back losses against Kansas State and Iowa State, the first time Oklahoma has lost back-to-back -back regular season games, I think since 1999 was the stat that I saw. So uh, Oklahoma coming into the year as projected to be the Big 12 favorite once again. I th I've said all along that Oklahoma is probably still the class of the Big 12, but here they are sitting at 0-2 in conference play. And guess what? They got to play Texas this week. It's a very good possibility 
that Oklahoma loses three straight games in the Big 12, and that would almost bury them in the Big 12 standings and probably not necessarily eliminate them from the Big 12 title race, but it's going to be awfully difficult to come out of an 0-3 hole in Big 12 play if they want to play for a Big 12 championship. So this is a big game for Oklahoma coming up this weekend against their rival, the Longhorns. Meanwhile, Texas obviously coming off their own loss, uh, but you know I think that they can rebound from a second loss in Big 12 play. I don't think Oklahoma can afford a third loss. So I would say my biggest disappointment so far has certainly been the Oklahoma Sooners. Doesn't mean that they won't bounce back and become that team to beat in the Big 12, but man, if they lose this weekend to Texas, it's probably all said and done as far as the Big 12 title is concerned. And meanwhile, it goes to maybe a Texas versus Oklahoma State showdown. We'll have to wait and see, but I would say that Oklahoma losing back-to-back games against Kansas State and Iowa State, two teams that lost to Arkansas State and Louisiana on their home field in that week one when the Big 12 was just a complete mess. Not a good look for the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm going to say they are my biggest disappointment so far. And with that, we will close up the Twitter Tuesday mailbag for today's episode. Again, if you want to be a part of this next week, make sure you send in your questions at any time throughout the day on Monday or over the weekend. As long as we have it by Monday afternoon when we hit record on this episode, we'll be sure to answer all of your questions. And of course, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany so we can continue to have that conversation with you guys and address some of these questions that are popping up. It's going to be a lot of fun as well. That's going to do it for today's episode. In tomorrow's episode, we'll take a look at some of the latest national headlines that are out there around the world of college football. We'll start to get ready for what's coming up in the 2020 season as we start to take a little bit of a deeper look at some of Penn State's opponents. And of course, we are also going to take a look at the recruiting updates regarding the Penn State Nittany Lions, see what's going on in the recruiting world. And of course, we want to make sure you never miss a single episode. So hit that subscribe button in whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to us right now. And then go ahead and leave a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about today's episode, what you want to see from us moving forward. Your feedback is always greatly appreciated. Thank you